Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Transition Expert Series. On this episode, we sit down with Timothy Love, the founder of Your Next Jump, a resume and career coaching service provider. Timothy has an extensive background in business strategy and process improvement and has been providing tips, tricks, and services for teachers who are looking to make the transition. In this episode, we discuss all the things about your resume, what you need to do, and how you can really make your dream of transitioning out of the classroom a reality from a true expert. So we hope that you tune in, turn it up, share with everyone that you know, and as always, let's get ready to do this. Welcome to the EdTech Gurus audio experience. I am your host, Lena Marie Sale, the EdTech Guru. I first want to thank you for supporting our channel and following along as well as sharing with others. On this podcast, we break down the hard educational topics, prepare teachers for how to leave the classroom, support those who are feeling unsupported, and anything that has to do with EdTech. So tune in, turn it up, and let's get ready to disrupt education together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Transition Expert Series. Today, we are joined by Tim Lowe, founder of Your Next Jump, a resume and career coaching service specializing in career transitioners. Tim, welcome. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, Lena, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on, share your journey and share some inside tips and tricks for those people who are looking to make a transition. Yeah. Uh, so we always like to kick off every episode asking who are you and how you got to where you are today. Got it. Okay. Um, so my background, I grew up in um, the Mid-Hudson Valley area uh, in upstate New York, a few hours north of New York City. Um, my dad was an IBMer, um, so that that brought um, him and my mom from California uh, over to that area. So I grew up in, in a small town called Fishkill. Uh, grew up there, um, great childhood. Uh, my, I went to school in Pittsburgh um, at Carnegie Mellon University, um, stayed there for undergrad and master's. Um, and then my first job out of um, school took me down to the Washington, D.C. area where I've been living for almost 20 years. So I started off my career uh, working for the federal government. It was, I graduated right after 9-11, uh, right uh, really wanted to do something um, in federal service. I ended up working for the DOD at a place called the National Defense University, um, stayed there for about four and a half years, great experience, um, but a bit of a ceiling there for, uh, you know, for for young researchers um, like me. And then uh, and then I did federal consulting for the next 15 years or so. So um, federal consulting and commercial consulting. So that's that's mainly my background um, consultant uh, doing um, process improvement and change management and things like that. Uh, started Your Next Jump uh, about six years ago. I started doing it part time, and then um, and it's it's become a full time thing. You know, since the pandemic, um, worked with a little over my business partner and I. We we have a team of you know twenty two people in our company. We've worked with a little over ten thousand um, clients. Uh, and uh, a lot of them are, are transitioning folks that are looking to leave from one industry to another, uh, but really worked with folks in, in all different types of backgrounds. Um, and then most recently with a lot of educators that are, that are looking to leave, uh, leave teaching. And so, um, 
and then you know, some of our other work is is with um, yeah, companies doing outplacement work. So large companies that are, you know, unfortunately a lot are doing layoffs now um, and they'll hire us to, to help some of those employees that are transitioning out. So um, it's been a joy working with, um, with, with job seekers. I love seeing uh, job seekers thrive in their career. And my own personal story related to, to job searching um, can share later in the podcast, but, um, but yeah, I love it. One of the biggest joys is, you know, when we work with a client, they come back to us and say, "Hey, you know, I landed this job, and um, and that's that makes me really happy." Yeah, that's the most rewarding part of the journey. It, just being able to like, you know, have those quick wins and celebrations of that. It's interesting that companies hire you when they're about to do layoffs to help those transition. Yeah, um, I love to learn. I don't know. I'm just curious. Love to learn yeah, a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> so it's called outplacement, um, and so, and I think part of it is, you know, they they want, you know, oftentimes when when companies need to make decisions like that, they're financial decisions that are not not necessarily, you know, personnel or someone had done something wrong or there's poor performance, but sometimes it's just budget cuts, right? Or there's you know, certain things, and so, um, and so part of that is, you know, a little bit of it is goodwill, but also reputation management. I think for a lot of companies, right? If you're laying off folks. And you know you see the stock price going up. People are wondering, you know, why why are you doing this? And um, and so um, a lot of that, you know, especially with everything being on the internet, Glassdoor, you know, people writing reviews about companies, employees writing reviews about companies, um, you know, companies want to see that that transition happen well. Um, and there's small companies that will hire us well, you know, as well too, where you know they might have hired someone that just didn't work out. It could be for performance issues. But they really like the person and, you know, just out of goodwill to say, hey, we hired this company to help you, you know, with your branding, to help you find, you know, we'd love to see you land somewhere well. So that's great, though. I mean, I yeah. get it for like the PR move of things, too, but but also just it's nice to know that there's companies who do that, I guess, if you, there's yeah. a bright side to being layoff. I don't know if that's a bright side, but you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of light through the dark tunnel. So you mentioned that you didn't originally start out. Obviously you started out supporting a lot of career transitioners, but more recently we've seen the uptick of teachers wanting to leave the classroom. And that's a huge bit and deal on LinkedIn. We see it everywhere. There's Facebook groups, there's, you know, really large communities around this. So what made you I guess, start to support teacher transitioners throughout the work that you do? Yeah, um, part of it is just mainly there were teachers, um, especially locally in our area that started reaching out to us. And then uh, I actually ran, I started running this webinar that I thought might be helpful for transitioning teachers. And it's called Classroom to Corporate. I started it back in February. And then uh, a teacher invited me to a Facebook group called Life After Teaching. Mm. Uh, and this is back in February uh, 2022, so a little over a year ago, when I joined that Facebook group, um, the administrators invited me to be a like a group expert, and there were about 22,000 teachers on there. If you join the group today, you'll see there's 87,000. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, in teachers. that group too. Yeah, yeah. there's 87,000 <laughs> teachers. So I mean, this just exploded, mm-hmm. um, and so I think there was a need, um, especially for folks, you know, and teacher and actually teacher and military is actually very similar in that, you know, you're in a very structured environment. And if you're looking to get out of that, it's just not that similar to things in the corporate world, not necessarily in terms of skill sets that are transferable, because I think teachers have really great skill sets that are transferable to the, to the corporate world, but just the way that it's structured. And so um, just giving some insights to teachers in that area. Um, and so we started running this webinar when we ran the webinar the first time in February uh, last year, I think we had about 45 or 60 people attend. 
the next month when we ran it again, there was 450 teachers. And since then we've had anywhere from 600 and 900 teachers register every single month. So it's been unbelievable. You know, certainly I think, you know, without getting into all of it, I think one of the biggest domestic policy challenges or issues or the most important domestic policy issue, in my opinion, actually, is just the exodus of, of a lot of teachers for good reason on, the, on their part of leaving the public school system and just the way that it's been really in, in some ways, I think, damaged and, and how a lot of teachers, and I think, I mean, you know, as a former teacher, just being handcuffed in a way, you know, from all sides, whether it's administration or federal state regulations, and then also just even, you know, parents being maybe a little bit too involved. So, um, or so, yeah, not involved. Or, yeah. It's kind of a gamut involved. of yeah. both. Mm-hmm. Either not involved or too involved. And exactly. so, um, and too involved, anything that's too something is, uh, is bad. So involved is good, but too involved is bad and, um, or involved in a, in a negative way. So, so just seeing all of that, um, obviously there, there's a huge need. And so when I run these webinars, it's free. 99% of people who log in stay until the very end. It's an hour and a half to two hour webinar. And I always stay after for, for Q and A. So we don't make a lot of, um, uh, sales off of those, but we do give a lot of a lot of resources. And so hopefully we, we want to equip teachers uh, to help them help them think through their their process, think through resume writing. How do you write a resume that's a hundred percent honest, but doesn't come off as a teacher's resume, right? And so that's the real challenge. So we spend a lot of time talking about that as well. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. I'm actually in that uh, that life after teaching group too, and I've been seeing a lot of people like posting their own resumes and. Yeah. <laughs> Teachers just have a lot of, it's always this, I have a resume for curriculum, writing, instructional design, sales, customer success. And it's always like, it's like 19 different career choices or pathways. Obviously that's exaggerating a bit, but then each, and then they have a resume for each one, but each one doesn't vary um, really from capacity. So I, you know, I've been getting like a lot of giving a lot of feedback for teachers with resumes and things like that obviously you're, you specialize in the resume part of things, but what are some things that a teacher should consider when crafting a resume? Yeah. Um, I think when crafting a resume, you need to consider first of all, who your audience member is. Right. And so I think a lot of folks will think that a resume is mainly an archive of your work history. And I don't think that's what the purpose of the resume is. It's not just to document what you've done. And I always tell tell folks, you know, the, the the purpose of the resume, and and you want to whenever you think about what goes into your resume, you want to look at it through this lens. Is the purpose of the resume is to make the job of whoever's looking at your resume easy to know that you are the best candidate. Okay, and that's for whether you're a transitioning teacher or you've been in the same field for a long time or you're in the corporate world is to make the job of whoever's looking at your resume easy to know that you're the best candidate. So everything that contributes or expands uh, or everything that contributes to that goal needs to be expanded or included. Everything that detracts from that goal or is even neutral to that goal needs to be taken out or minimized. Um, that said, I think oftentimes you know, the, the best way of opening up a resume for teachers is to really not open up with your experience because you don't want to hide the fact that you're a teacher, but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to lead with the fact that you're a teacher. You want to open up your resume 
with the skills and the competencies that that particular position is looking for, make it so that when they look at your resume in a matter of a few seconds, the response is, yeah, that this looks like what I'm looking for, you know, let me take a deeper look. And then when they get to that teacher part, when they see that you're a teacher looking to transition out, you don't want to just talk about the fact that you're a teacher. You want to show them that you're a damn good teacher and you're not leaving teaching because you're bad at it. In fact, you're really good at teaching. You want to take the skill sets and the competencies that you have and express them in this new environment. And you're guiding the reader of the resume to show them how you can do that. And when we talk about skills and competencies, oftentimes I'll see teachers who will go to like a resume writer and the, they don't even have a teaching history. Like it's erased, doesn't even exist. It's like, well, what have you been doing all this time? You can't just like hide it. When we're talking about a skill or a competency, can you explain to our audience what that means? Yeah, yeah. So for example, uh, we worked with a client who, um, and I and I show this example on our webinar, and we have tons of examples, but I really love this example. Uh, there's a person, and you can actually look her up right on LinkedIn, and she's she's totally fine with me sharing her information. Um, her name is Jill Burdick Zupancic, and so if you look her up on LinkedIn, she is, um, and she's been connecting with a lot of folks because I keep, you know, mentioning her name on the webinars. She was a high school teacher here in the Washington, D.C. area in, in Northern Virginia at a magnet school. So think like Stuyvesant, uh, those types of schools. So was, there's a magnet school here in this area called T.J. Thomas Jefferson. She was an English teacher there. And so she came to us with a resume and it just just talked about her teaching experience. And again, there's there's nothing wrong with that, right? But the position that she was targeting was at a management consulting firm called Booz Allen Hamilton, large management consulting firm. And she was targeting a communication strategy role, okay? And so I said to her, look, if we take this resume that you give us and and we just submitted this, it would just be, it, it would be passed over immediately, right? Because it, it doesn't it doesn't build the case for her. Even if someone spent the time and the energy looking at this and trying to build the case for her, it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. And so we said to her, what is the skill that this job posting is asking for? And so we said, let's look at the job posting. It's a, it's a communication strategy role, okay? And so the key word is communications. And so then I asked her, I said, are you a good communicator? Are teachers good communicators? And I said, and she goes, yeah, I'm a good communicator. And I was like, yeah, of course you guys are. Teachers are some of the best communicators in the world, all right? And don't think about the subject matter. Don't think about third grade English or fourth grade math. Think about the skill set of being a communicator. Teachers are some of the best communicators in the world. They have to take something at the beginning of the year with a curriculum that your students do not understand. And I don't care if they're six years old, 16 years old, or 26 years old in grad school. There's a curriculum that they don't understand. And at the end of the year, you have to figure out a way to communicate the information that they understand it in order for them to pass the course or to excel in that course, to master that material. Teachers are some of the best communicators in the world. So I said, open up your resume by talking about your communication skills. Don't open up your resume with the fact that you're a 10th grade English teacher. Open up the resume with the fact that you are a phenomenal communicator. And that's what we did. And so we opened up our resume in that way. If you join our webinar, and by the way, I'm running the next one uh, on Saturday, May 20th, 9.30 a.m. And folks can register yournextjump.com forward slash life after teaching. You'll be able to see examples like that and we'll others. Throw it in the show notes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, just a little plug there, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, that's how you want to do it. And so you want to think through it strategically um, and, and think about what they want to hear, not necessarily what you want to say. And that goes with any job, even if you're not transitioning out of 
you know, one industry to another, even if you've always been a business analyst, think about what that job posting is asking for. And that's what you want to open up your resume with. So. Exactly. And I, and that is an important factor because many times I just see all the skills that you do in a day-to-day as an educator, you know, like, I don't know, teaching and delivering content to students, but it's not tailored to what that role is looking for. So like, if you're an instructional designer, they a really big keyword is Addy and the Addy model and knowing how to use that. It's less important about that. You know how to use articulate or, you know, how to use these other programs. It's about, do you know the strategy behind things and how can you articulate? You use that. Honestly, as teachers, we use that every single day. We just didn't know that's the term technology for corporate. So it's just, how do you translate that in that way? And I think that it's just important to, to do that. And you can do that through webinars. You can do that through communicating with another instructional designer and networking and those types of things. Yeah. And I think it's important also like for teachers to do a little homework, right? Look at what some of those business terms are. When you talk about project management, teachers are like, I don't know if I'm a project manager, at least in a business setting. I mean, just look at what project management is, right? Project management is simply, right? If you do, if you're a PMI, you know, PMP, it's simply managing three areas and something that has a beginning and an end right? So you're managing time or schedule, you're managing the scope, and then you're managing the budget, right? If you think about it, teachers do that every year, right? Teachers, there's a project that you have. The project is, you know, there's a curriculum that they need to understand. There's a curriculum that they need to understand by the end of the year, right? You have a certain time. You have to manage that schedule. You have to make sure that they're understanding the steps or the pieces of that curriculum in a timely way. You're managing the scope, right? So you're not adding extra things to the curriculum outside of what they need to learn, but making sure that at least they hit those you know, criteria. And then in fact, and then in some ways there's a budget, right? Um, as well too. And so working with all of those things, budget in terms of resources, it doesn't even have to be monetary. And so teachers are project managers, right? And so, and so I tell teachers like, you know, an easy thing to do is, you know, go get your scrum certification while you're looking, right? You can get it in three days, do the training, um, you can do it online. And also you start to understand how the things that you've done in the classroom can really translate into the corporate world. And so I think it's good to, to, to be able to see that. So, yeah. And, yep. and doing your research is just important. You know, people are always like, oh, you know, do I need the certification or do I need that sort of thing? You don't need it, but what you do need to know is to know the language and what exactly it's talking about. Cause when someone yeah. says, are you a scrum master? Or have you been able to do these things? And you're like, what? I just look with like a blank stare. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be helpful for you. But when you're in an interview, then you can be like, oh yeah, I've used this methodology in my teaching and this is how I've done it. ABC. Exactly. And you're able to now translate off of your resume, what you've done in real time and in person. Yep. So before we get back into like teacher transitioners and all the things that they need to know and things like that, I always like to share the story of what does a day in a life look like for somebody? You're the founder of the company. So what does it look like as a resume and professional career coach, as well as an entrepreneur? Cause I, I think it's important that teachers also see the highlight of the other career options that sometimes we don't think about are yeah. available to us. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's different. So my work life looks a lot different than, you know, when I was in the corporate world working for somebody, you know, in, in a corporate environment, working for a company, there was a lot of structure there, right? And before the pandemic, I was going to the office every day. And there's aspects of that that I miss. And I miss, you know, working with, you know, uh, coworkers and, you know, having, you know, lunches with my coworkers and, you know, the, the kind of joking around right now as an entrepreneur, for the size of the company that we're at, you know, I spend a lot of time alone or I spend a lot of time on the phone with uh, whether doing whether doing sales or working with our operations folks. So we have three 
operations folks, and then we have 20 writers and then some other some other staff as well too. And so spending a lot of time managing that, one of the things as an entrepreneur that I'm learning, trying to learn how to do is, is doing less and managing more and not doing, trying not to do everything, but really putting processes in place that I think are helpful, not just to make things more efficient or to make things, you know, my background is in process improvement. So not just to make things more efficient or to run more smoothly or to save my time, but also to make sure that there's less mistakes. When you have process in place, it oftentimes there's, I mean, good processes will help prevent mistakes. Small mistakes can create big problems. So as an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to tweak it, make it better, but ultimately really, really for the customer experience, especially in my field, you know, we're not somebody who is, you know, for someone who's owning a restaurant and, you know, you're serving a meal, you know, you're done after that person pays the bill, right? And so there's that that experience and you want that person to have a phenomenal experience at, at your restaurant. But for what we do, you know, what we do affects people's livelihoods. And so it's really important as a career coach, and especially if you think about it, when someone is looking for a job, that is typically the time when people feel the most anxiety. It's the time when people feel least confident, perhaps. Um, and so we want to, our, what our goal is, you know, I can't guarantee you a job. You know, when people, when you're looking for a job, people ask you the question, oh, hey, Elena, you know, how's your job search going? And you're like, how the hell do I answer that question? Until I actually have a job, I can't answer the question of how my job search is going. I can tell you what I'm doing. I can tell you that I'm applying for positions and networking and doing these things. But until I have an offer, I can't really tell you how my job search is doing. And so, you know, our goal really is to come alongside our customers and give them a level of confidence that they can feel by giving them the right tools. Our resume writing is, you know, a part of what we do, just a small part of what we do. It's more of an art than a science, but there are some things that we know that do work better than others. And so we want to come across and say, hey, you know, you're going to have to test that market. Our goal is just to help you when you test that market, you can feel confident that what you're putting out there is going to reflect you in the best light possible. And that's that's what we do. And we and we, we want to give our, you know, what we really sell is confidence, right? For, you know, everyone can write a resume. Everyone can, you know, do a LinkedIn but they might not feel confident about their resume or confident about their LinkedIn. That's what we do is, is give them some confidence in that area, but, but doing it for them and making sure that those things are buttoned down. So. Yeah. And, and confidence is such an important piece because job hunting is stressful. It's isolating. It's, and you're right. There's only one end goal and that's to get a new position, but yeah. we never, we don't have like, there's not really metrics that we can measure along the way. Like we can say like, oh, we got an interview or, oh, we got like these pieces, but there's not really a way to like accurately celebrate achievements along the way of the things that you're doing. Cause you don't really know, like you're just kind of going through the process and being able to iterate. But I think having someone on your, on your side is quite important. And a lot of things that I hear from like a lot of people who will reach out to me, you know, I just help people on the side. I don't, I'm not like a business, but I, you know, help people and, you know, do the tr career transitioning is a lot of times we can only sell you so much confidence, but there is a bit of work that you have to do on your side. So no matter what happens, you also have to put a bit of the work in as yeah. well. And I think that's, that's an often like a misnomer, like, oh, Hey, <laughs> like I met with someone the other day and they're like, what can you do for me? And it's like, I can do all these things, but you have to follow and step behind me doing these things. Like it's yep. not just going to be like, I'm not setting you, you know, it's like using Google maps, you know, where your destination is, but if I just throw you in the water, you're never going to reach the destination. So you have to take the steps along the way to get there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So we talked about crafting your resume. What strategies 
because we see a lot of teachers, you know, transitioning or thinking about transitioning to ed tech. We also see a lot of people quite fearful. I have my inbox full with fear right now of people being like, yeah. oh, I can't transition because there's so many layoffs and that sort of a thing. So, you know, ed tech, while there are a lot of companies, it's actually quite a small niche of the corporate sector, I would say. So what sorts of strategies or tips do you have, or, you know, things to like kind of encourage people to not only look for like one small niche, maybe, or, you know, kind of exploring the classroom to actually the corporate world of not just one small sector. So one of the challenges that, that I see that a lot of teachers have is they know they want to leave, but they don't know what they want to go into. And, um, and I think ed tech is great, but that doesn't mean ed tech is the only thing that, that, that you, that you can go into. And I think Ed tech is something that comes to mind mainly because it has the word education in it, right? Education technology. So it just feels like it's a normal, it's, it's like a obvious, you know, transition point. But again, um, you know, and, and you know a lot more about ed tech than I do, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be ed tech. It can be, but it, it doesn't have to be ed tech. Um, and so there's so many things that, that, that people can do. And I think that's part of the challenge is that people feel a little bit overwhelmed or teachers can feel overwhelmed. I've heard about customer success. I've heard about HR. I've heard about all these things. And so, you know, people come to us and say, hey, you know, can you help me figure out what I should be doing? And I tell them this answer because there's industries and as a career coach myself, you know, we do stuff like that, right? We can sit down with you and have eight or nine sessions and we can do some assessments and things like that. But I tell people this is you know, at the end of the day, you're not really going to know until you actually do it, right? If you think about any job that you've had, every interview that you've had, look at the job posting, when you get to that job, for better or for worse, that job is probably different than what you expected um, in other ways. And it could be because of coworkers, it could be because of the culture of the company, or it could just be the nature of the work. And so I tell people, instead of spending a lot of money with someone like me, where I can do these things where, you know, if you talk about HR or customer success, I have no experience in customer success. So I said, why don't you talk to somebody who has experience in those areas? And this is where, you know, tools like LinkedIn are so helpful. And I talked about this on my webinar is, you know, with the advanced search, not only can you talk to people who are in HR or talk to people who are in customer success, you can talk to former teachers who are in HR or in customer success or whatever it is that you're trying to do. And so with the advanced filters, you can put in past companies, you can put in all the school districts, start with your school district that you've worked at. And then as you start to connect with folks, you look at these LinkedIn profiles, you'll see, oh, this person was a teacher. And now, you know, five years later, you know, they're doing, uh, you know, HR, they're senior director of HR at this other company. And just imagine that person was at your school district. Now you can reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I'm you know, teacher at Fairfax County Public Schools. You know, don't ask for a job, but you say, I saw that you made a transition, you know, several years ago and you've done, it looks like you've done really well in HR. I'm considering HR, would love to just chat with you. Could we grab virtual coffee? Maybe one out of 10 people actually respond to that. But when they do, and I think most of them will tend to respond, especially if you are a former teacher, those former educators are going to give you more insights than anything on the Life After Teaching page, where it's a whole bunch of teachers telling each other advice, right? And they're all in the same boat of looking to transition out. These former teachers that are now doing these things, the five, 10, 15 years ahead of you, ahead of what you want to do, they'll give you the real insights. And they might even say, hey, 
I wish early on someone had told me that getting a SHRM certification is really important in HR. I wish I'd studied for that earlier on. That would have helped you know, me with my transition, whatever it is, right? Those people are going to give you way more insights than a career coach or even a current teacher who's in the same boat as you, you know, trying to make that transition. So I encourage transitioning teachers to reach out to former teachers who have been doing what they've been doing at least for three, four, five years. And they will give you a lot of really good insights that frankly, no one else can give you. And I would say with that, you know, LinkedIn really is, is the place that you're going to want to be doing that and doing those like informational interviews. And that's what we call those informational interviews, because what you're saying is like the teacher page, like life after teaching or whatever, that's really your, everyone's in your same part of their life. I guess you would say like everyone's transitioning to, to what's next. Um, and I would say, you know, there are it's just really important to do that networking piece because they will really give you some insights. And I would just caution, don't, you can do a coffee chat or something with someone who has just recently transitioned. But if somebody has been in a job role for less than a year, it's going to, you're going to learn a lot of things from them and they probably will teach you some things there, but don't rest everything on just someone who has recently transitioned. I would yeah. say like, they'll yeah. give you they're, some good insights and tips. Yeah. 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 They're There's still figuring so it out themselves. so much that happens. Yeah. yeah. Even if you transition to a new job, you know, the first three months are honeymoon stage. Yeah. Six to nine months starts to get really challenging. And then after a year, you start to feel a little bit more confident and you can actively exactly. reflect back on what you've learned. So I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying add one to every 10 that you're meeting with, um, into the mix to kind of get that insight. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. I love like jamming about teacher transitioning and just like all of those types of things. And I think it's really important. And there's a couple of key things that you talked about, and that's one doing a little bit of your research and just meeting with people to see what role feels like be into basically meeting with people, learning from them, people who have been in the job, former educators, navigating LinkedIn to do that. Once you've done that, come and join a webinar session with you to basically learn about all the things that you can do to start crafting your resume. Now that you've chosen a direction. Yeah. One thing I want to ask, and I see this question pop up everywhere, LinkedIn, these Facebook groups, all those things. And it's, what if I make a mistake with what I choose to go into? Do you have any strategies for what you would say to that? Yeah. I always tell teachers this is don't think about your first job coming out of teaching into the corporate world as your forever job. And I think that mindset often is in there because I think, and I might be wrong, but I think most teachers who go into teaching probably think that, um, A, that they're really going to like it, that they're going to love it, right? I mean, why would you go into it? If Why would you study and get your masters of education and all of that and go into teaching if you didn't think you would like it. B, I think most teachers think that that would be their forever career, that they would retire as a teacher in the public school system or whatever it is and get their pension and all of that. And so I think there's that that mindset. And I think that mindset is also somewhat dated. I mean, that in the corporate environment, that is something that was there. My dad worked for IBM for 40 years, okay? Nobody works for a company for 40 years now, or very few people work for a company for 40 years. That was in the past looked at as stable. That was looked at as you are somebody who's doing the right thing that there is. And there was an award system built into it, right? There was a pension system, which is long gone. There's very few companies that offer a pension or it's a limited pension, right? And so, and everything, we're in a project-based economy. So going back to the word project means there's, there's a beginning and an end. And again, I mean, if you look at an extreme, for example, like Amazon, Amazon 
if you have worked at Amazon for five years, and I think the stat and this is something like this, you will have been at the company more than 90% of its employees. Okay, so you can see what the turnover is. It's crazy, right? It's crazy, especially, and I think Amazon is really more, more the extreme. What you really want to focus on, and I tell this to new grads as well too, and really it belongs to anybody, is no matter what role you're going to transition into next, getting into the corporate world, whatever it is, find some place where you can learn. And the secret is you can learn wherever you're at, but find some place where you can learn and build those business skills, whether it's, and this is why I tell a lot of folks, especially here in the Washington DC area, where she's flooded with management consulting companies. And I'm a little bit biased because that's my background, but you know, folks that come out of school, maybe they have a psychology degree or whatever. And they're like, I don't know what I want to do, or I can't figure out what I want to do. Do something like management consulting, where you're just exposed to a whole bunch of different industries. You're exposed to a whole bunch of different agencies if you're doing federal. And you're exposed to a bunch of different problems that you're put forward to help your client solve. And you're utilizing a whole bunch of tools like data analysis, you know, capturing data, telling the story behind data, you know, performance management, performance metrics, right? All of those things are all business tools that as you start to get experience and you learn and you get exposed to different things, you'll start to figure out what are some of those things that you want to do. Don't think that your next step has to be your forever job and, you know, focus on the learning piece of it. And then I think you'll, you'll, you'll go from there. So that's my advice to, to, to teachers um, who think they might've made a mistake. I, I don't think there is a mistake. I think there's a learning experience and then you can, um, and just continue listening to podcasts, read books, start to understand networking. You know, if you ask me, what is the most important thing for a job seeker? Yes, a great resume is good. Yes, a LinkedIn is really good. All of that is, all of those things are very important, but there's only one shortcut to the job search. And that shortcut is networking, period. Anyone can you know, pay somebody to write a, re a really great resume for them, but the only thing that you can do on your own is that networking piece. And so what I mean by that is not submitting your resume and just waiting to hear back, but reaching out on LinkedIn, having those conversations, talking with individuals, asking for opportunities, ultimately asking for jobs. I think all of those things, almost all of our clients, and this is where you know I can say from experience, having worked with over 10,000 clients, almost all of our clients implement that ground war, where we say the air wars, you're just submitting a resume waiting to hear back. Those that do the ground war piece of it, they just find jobs faster, period, four to six weeks faster, typically. So, so yeah, hopefully that answers your question. No, it does. And that's usually, I end up with what tips would you, would you give to a person that's transitioning? And I think we can agree it's, it, it's the networking piece and that's the way that you can fast pass your job seeking opportunity. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, Tim, this was a really great conversation and one of my favorite ones to have. If somebody is looking to get your services or, you know, I, you mentioned earlier webinar, which I will drop all of those resources below, but where is the best place to connect with you and learn from some of the services and things that you offer? Yeah. Um, so you can go straight to our website, yournextjump.com. Also it's and on this t-shirt, you guys. Also on my t-shirt guys it? right here in <laughs> case you missed it. It's in your face the whole time. If I sit back far <laughs> enough, you guys can see it. So, um, but uh, yeah, so, I mean, definitely for teachers specifically the webinar. I just recommend the webinar. Don't even worry about purchasing my services. I give away all of our templates. I give away our resume strategy. I give away tons of resources at the end of it. I know for a lot of teachers, not all, but many teachers are on a limited budget, especially when they're making the transition. So a lot of our services and things are, our resources are, are free. And so we, everyone who attends gets a whole bunch of, you know, really good resources, but the webinar, 
um, I, I think is the most important. Come join it. I run it once a month. The next one is on May 20th on a Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. Try to hit the East Coast and the West Coast folks at the same time. But join, come with pen and paper, a lot of notes that you'll you'll come away with. And you'll see a lot of other teachers um, that are on there um, as well, too. So that's my my biggest piece of advice is um, is promoting my own webinar. But but I do think because there's so much information, and it's hard for me to say it in the next you know 15 seconds. But I cover so much of it there, and then connect with you know great people like Lena. I think you know you're doing some really great stuff. Um, you've been out of looks like you've been out of the classroom for for a few years now, and so you've had a lot of lessons learned. You've talked to a lot of people, so definitely you know connecting with individuals like you. And there's so many other folks you know on LinkedIn as well too. Um, doing a lot of a lot of the same thing. So again, that's networking. So networking is um, you know talking to folks not just for a job, but just for really good advice as well too. So yeah, very very great insights and tips. Yeah. Awesome, everybody. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this episode. And as always, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. See you guys. Thank you so much. You've made it this far. We are so thankful that you're here. Make sure to hit the subscribe button, thumbs up, comment below and join us for all of our next videos. Thank you so much for joining us as we disrupt education together. See you guys soon. Bye everybody.